This is the Houston Coaches Podcast, where we honor the legacy of Houston area football and promote growth within the coaching profession through conversations with the greatest Houston area coaches of the past, present, and future. Brought to you by the Greater Houston Football Coaches Association. Welcome back to the Houston Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, Andres Gomez, and I'm joined today by another KDIZ legend, none other than the longtime head coach of the Maid Creek Rams, Coach Joe Sheffy. Thanks for sharing your time with us today, Coach. It's an honor to have you. The honor's all mine. <laughs> uh, as, as, I, as I shared with you earlier, this project was started as a means to use the wisdom and experiences of coaches like yourself to help guide those of us who are now charged with leading programs of our own and are navigating through the rapidly changing landscape of high school football, as well as those future campus and district leaders who are in the early stages of their journey. Uh, so to kick us off, Coach, just, uh, can you please give us a brief rundown of your playing and coaching career? Okay, well, I'm from Hereford, Texas, up by Amarillo. Played football and, and ran track. Uh, went southwest Texas and ran track for a while anyway. And then uh, when I graduated from there, I got a job at Pearland. I was there for five years. Then I went to Gainesville for two and then opened up Maid Creek in 1984 and was there for uh, 23 years, head coach for 15. Went to the administration building for a little while and then found out that wasn't my cup of tea. And whenever they were having a little trouble at Taylor, because new coach there, I went there, stayed for five years. Went to Alvin for two, worked for for one of my former players. Then he got the job at Taylor, came back to Taylor, finished up as a head, head football coach at Taylor, uh, retired after 41 years. And then I've uh, helped him out, did the retiree, hired down at Danbury, and then uh, I helped out at uh, Payto High School this year. And then plus I stayed real busy with – starting and back and back up starting uh lots of track meets every year and really involved with the greater houston area coaches uh kind of the one of the four guys that helps do I, well i'm not taking credit for anything dick owen does most of the work and then jim creech and then i just help them do whatever on the bayou bowl which we just finished yeah that's right and so so you're kind of a uh, you know, you're, you're the jack of all trades that, you know, some, some, some goes wrong somewhere. They, they call you in to, to come help out and, and help write the ship. Well, they, they, they have, cause, uh, three times I've gone to places that, uh, was not a great situation and whether I made it worse or better, I don't know, but they keep calling me if it happens. Hopefully it won't <laughs> happen anymore because everybody's taking care of business. Yeah, that's right. You you don't want to get those phone calls very often. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. You know, it gets me back to where I can do some coaching, but not, you know, not really. But anyway, it it, it uh, I just try to stay involved. Yeah, that's good. Uh, now, what, what was your what was your event in track? What I ran. I, uh, whenever I was in high school, I ran the quarter and and uh, eight hundred. But then when I got to college, I grew like five inches and gained a pound. And I went from, uh, uh, I got down to about a 10, 3, 10, 400 meter dash. And those workouts were a lot easier than the quarter mile or so. Anyway, <laughs> I became a sprinter. Yeah. 
Good, yeah, and and, and now I said now you get to do those track be, be the started the track meets, which is it's uh you know I, I get to do that for for the middle school track meets that we host, and that, that's that's quite a job. I know you know most people see it from the outside and think okay, you just go out there shoot the gun, and no big deal, and but there, there's a lot that goes into that, you know, a lot more than I realized before I started doing that that responsibility. Yeah, well, I've done average of about 25, 26 meets a, a year for about the last ten or eleven years. Real involved with uh, Coach Bubba Fife, who's been starting the regional meet for like forty five years, and yeah. so I, I help him out, and, I, and that's that's the last meet I do every year is the regional meet. Yeah, oh, that's that's awesome. Uh, now you were you spent you know twenty plus years at Mid Creek, um, you know, include you you were there when, when the school opened, you know, back in the mid eighties. Yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit about that experience. Well, opening the school is—it's—it's uh, it's fun, but I don't, you know, I don't think I ever want to do it again. But uh, we went there, and we just had freshmen, and we had about half our building was uh, ready to go. We didn't have any athletic deal, so we had to go over to the junior high and everything. Anyway, uh, we started, and we had—we started out pretty successfully. Our uh, well, our first. Uh, our first varsity football team, we went two seven and one, and that was with eight hundred kids playing what is now like six A, mm-hmm. with no seniors, and so it was that that part of it was tough. But when we came back the next year with a senior class, of course, we only had twelve hundred, and we were playing the Elsick and Hastings, who had sixty five hundred, and, oh, and yeah. so on. But uh, the thing about it is having you know. We had 21 guys on the varsity as their juniors, and had 20. Then we had those 21, and then added added to them. And so we were really, really good on defense with a bunch of just average high school players. And uh, we were rated number two defense in the state. Had like five shutouts that year. And well, in three years, we had 17 shutouts or in 35 games. So we played pretty good defense early. Yeah. And That's then uh, we, you know, we've got our first graduating class. We got second in district, and then we got beat in the first round by Madison, twenty to fourteen. And then the next year we dropped down to four A, and uh, we went three or four rounds. Got beat by West Orange Stark, who was the defending state champs that year. And then the next year we were rated number one in the state, but. Uh, we got a tailback hurt, and anyway, we won eight and two, had seven shutouts, and got third in district. So, and then we, by three pregnant girls, we got we got to move up to back up to what's now six A. And uh, during the nineties, we had a pretty good group, and then you know, just like every the whole city of Houston grew, and everybody else's enrollment grew, and so we ended up. Uh, it, it, well, anyway, you know, we were very, very competitive, but we, we got to where we got, we were getting fourth when they were only taking three teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because so, that, that was, you know, Main Creek was a third KDIZ school. Yes, we were. Right? And, Katie, and then we, bro- we broke from Taylor. And, uh, yep. you know, and that was, you know, whenever they built Main Creek was whenever the oil boom. And then about the time we started the school open, that's when it bust and we, we lost you know, about a third of the, our enrollment that they all moved away and it, it took us a while to, to come back. You drove back on track. That's yeah. right. And, 
you know, where because most most of the attendance zone of, of uh, May Creek is uh, floodplain, so you know we weren't going to get a whole lot of, of growth. But you know, we got up, we got up to about three thousand, and then they opened up Morton Ranch, and I think it, everybody's worked their way back up to close to three thousand now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, KDIZ is just growing. Yeah, they're still opening new schools. Yeah, we'll open up the tenth one. Couple years. The tenth one next year. Yeah, that's <laughs> and the thing about that, and I asked where the kids were going to come from. They said about eighty percent of them in that high school ten houses haven't even been built yet. So <laughs> people people are moving in everywhere. Yeah, yeah, not, nothing but growth, and and that's that's true all over the city too. Not not just Katy, but. You know, there, there seems to be just every every year or two, there's a new school that's popping up in Sci Fair, Fort Bend. You know, the whole West Side is just it's just exploding even more. Yeah, when we opened up May Creek, there was only about 85 at the most high schools in Houston, and there's like 145 now. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know where everybody's coming from, but anyway, they're they're still they're still coming. Yeah, not not a bad place to be. Well, uh, most part. <laughs> so. Now, in, in in all that time, you know, I know this is it's hard to narrow it down, but tell us about one, a memorable game that you you're privileged to be a part of. Well, probably the greatest game in in May Creek was uh, in the second round. We were playing Houston Madison, and they were undefeated, and we we had, of course we had lost to to Katie, and uh, but we had a pretty good crew, and was playing in the Astrodome. And it was always pretty neat back then because us and Katie, uh, we always played double headers, and our fans supported them, and they supported us. It was pretty neat. But uh, anyway, we played Madison, and they were really, really, really good. And we were down nineteen to three at halftime. Snapped the ball over our hunter's head three times, and then they opened up the second half with another touchdown. So we're down twenty-six to three. And at halftime, I talked to my players and asked them what they wanted to run, and they wanted to just line up, run the ISO. So we had three drives of 15 to 18 plays running one play. Well, <laughs> ISO to the right and ISO to the left. And uh, all of a sudden, the game kind of got easy for us because they were, they were used to, uh, you know, going three and out, and all of a sudden they've had all these plays in a row, and we ended up winning, coming back, and we won that game 30 four to 26 i believe and that was that was pretty neat had, but yeah. i had I, now don't get me wrong I had, I had some pretty good players <laughs> but you wore you warmed down with, with that iso and and got yourself back in the game yeah because we couldn't outrun them going side to side or anything oh, else yeah. but when we ran right at them uh you know it's one of those deals you know we talked when i talked to them the offensive line of course offensive lineman that they like that kind of stuff, and, and well, so do I. So that's why we, we got after it. And then when we got in the fourth quarter, then we could do our other stuff because I had a really good player named Curtis Fagan that we ran reverses to and inside yeah. counters, and he is pretty special. Yeah. Uh, yeah we, a, lot, a lot of us remember Curtis. Yeah. He, he, did, he could do some incredible things on the football field. Yeah, and he and then he went to college and he played uh, at Oklahoma on their national championship team. He was leading receiver for them then, and uh, and uh, so he was. You know, he wasn't very big. He no. looked like Urkel, but he could freaking run. <laughs> yeah, he was a great track guy too. Yeah, he was. Uh, so, well, so on, on that topic, let's. Uh, can you tell me 
who you, who in your opinion who are the top three high school players that you were able to watch in person? Well, number one, which is you know, if you're from Houston, is is uh, easy to guess. It's Vince Young, <laughs> and uh, I was on the Touchdown Club at that time when we was making selection, and we knew after the first game that who was going to win it, but. We had like seven or eight more meetings, and we watched every film that he put on there because he was unbelievable. Okay, everybody remembers uh, Vince Young as an offensive player, which he was probably the best I've ever seen and as a quarterback. But uh, he also made two great plays against Katie. He had two interceptions for touchdowns as a defensive back. So that not only could he do things on offense, which is unbelievable, he was also a pretty good defensive player. Yeah, for sure. And uh, then the next best one I, I saw, was we played uh, LaMarcus Holiday, and they had a guy named Alan Fanica, who ended up going being All-American at LSU, and then uh, he's in the Hall of Fame for the NFL with the Pittsburgh. But he he's an offensive lineman, and, yep. and he dominated the game. And, you know, nobody, nobody tried to play defense the same way against him because he would – block three or four at a time he was he was really special and then probably the third uh was uh chip ambrose who was a quarterback at uh beaumont westbrook westbrook because yep. we, we we played them at, at rice stadium in the, in the third or fourth round and uh he had a torn acl and the very first play of the game, they were in the bootleg towards their sideline, and he threw an 18-yard out on our sideline. And I just go, oh, boy, we're in trouble if we can't stop him. So, you know, of course, we controlled the ball a little bit, but every time they had it, they, they could go score, and they ended up beating us 34-31. Uh, to 31, And uh, he was about as special as I've ever seen. Of course, he didn't – he was supposed to go to A&M to play football, but he ended up you know, going uh, in uh, the major league baseball, and then he—I'm not sure what happened to him. Yeah, I, I remember he signed with the Marlins. He—he he, he was my age, and I remember you know you talking about the those the double headers and and the yeah. headers at the Astrodome, and I, I watched him. You know, one of the you know in that '97 year when we were playing in the dome, uh, I want to say it was second round against Lamar, and I saw I watched him Westbrook play against Hastings, and, and I just remember. You know, I, I remember thinking, I got I to gotta remember this guy's name. He's going to be big time because, like you said, I mean, he was just – he was incredible as a player. But, yeah, he did sign with, with, uh, with the Florida Marlins out of high school, and I'm not sure if his, if his baseball career ever panned out. But Yeah. Uh, but, y'all, going back to that playing doubleheader, us and Katie, Katie played the first game against Eisenhower, which was about as good a football game as I've ever seen. Yes. Katie beat them. And um, what I remember about that game, when the game was over, all the – Katie guys came over to us and I couldn't get our kids on the field because they was too busy talking to you guys, <laughs> but it, you know, but that was a pretty, that's pretty special year for KISD. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Y'all, y'all had a great team that year. Yeah. Couldn't beat y'all. Couldn't beat y'all in the rain though. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was, that was a memorable game. <laughs> for, for a lot of reasons too. yeah every time we had the ball it poured down rain the fourth quarter and it didn't with y'all so i told coach johnson i said i need to start going to church more or something because it's working out for him but uh, <laughs> but it, that was that was a pretty good game the score didn't show it but it was uh you know of course the fourth quarter we turned yeah. the ball over and stuff but uh, but 
Heck, y'all had like what five NFL guys on that team. Y'all were <laughs> y'all were really really good. Yeah, our our offensive line was was incredible that year. Uh, they, we could do do some special things. Yeah, and the tight end was a stud, Delatory, yep. and yeah, y'all were really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot, a lot of things aligned a lot that year. Well, that's um, what it takes, you know. Pe- people don't win state unless they stay healthy and have a little luck. I mean, you got to yeah. be good. You got to be good, but that luck helps that out. Yeah, th- th- there's a lot of good teams. It, it just you know, every now and then the, the ball just bounces a certain way and can get you in that right position to to advance. You know, but you know, like, like you said, that Eisenhower game. You know, I mean, it it could it could have gone either way. And and if if there had been you know a minute more in the game, then you know they probably would have come back and and taken that one. So uh, it, it just it just there, there's a lot a lot of factors that go into that. No doubt. Uh, so now, I, I know you mentioned some of the things that y'all did, but what would you say was was your favorite scheme or play, and what was its purpose? Well, I'm a I formation guy, and my my favorite play got to be the the O O F or O Y counter, you know, because what I liked about that was we weren't always blessed with the the best offensive linemen in the world. I mean, as far as big and stuff. But uh, it gives them an angle, block down, and uh, then, you know, gives a little misdirection to the defense. And uh, so that that's probably my favorite play to call. Mm-hmm. When I was at Taylor, I had a real good tailback, and we ran it a bunch. Kid named Ian Beek. I, I remember him. Yeah. We, we, I, was, I was coaching at College Park, and we, we used to play y'all non-district. Yeah. When, when, he, when he was around. Yeah, he had like nine hundred carries and six thousand yards, and never he never he averaged thirty eight carries a game and never missed a practice, never missed a play in practice. He's the most amazing, durable kid I, that I've ever been around in my life. And plus, he's a really great kid too. But I mean, uh, you know, usually like at May Creek, I always had some pretty good tailbacks, but as physical of a game as our district was. Sometimes they couldn't practice till like Tuesday because they, you know, carried the ball twenty-five times. Well, he ended it thirty-eight times a game. So, <laughs> and just keep right on going. Yeah, that, that's impressive. Uh, now, you know, as a as a head coach, you know, um, what what is one thing that you wish you had known before you became before you took over that role, or, or that other people should know before before they step into that into that chair? Well, the thing about being, if you're just the head coach of a sport, you know, you're in charge of like 14 guys and, you know, making sure that you surround yourself with people that are good people that like kids and uh, don't mind working because, but like at May Creek, my top seven assistants, we were together from 15 to 26 years together. So uh, I was really lucky having quality guys with me. I mean, because it's hard enough, you know, trying to maintain, you know, the kids if you have to also maintain coaches. So my deal is to make sure you you find you a bunch of guys that you like and that like you and they're very loyal and work hard. But more importantly than that, that they like the kids, you know, because, that well, that's what we're here for. Right. Number one priority is, is taking care of them. So yeah, it, and then you got somebody not aligned with that. It's it's going to be problems. Yeah, and then as a campus coordinator, now all of a sudden you got fifty coaches underneath you. 
you know, whenever you got 11 or 12 sports, girls sports and boys sports. And, uh, you know, your wife always understands why you miss, you're not, you get home late during football season, but when all of a sudden you got to stay up there for basketball, wrestling, swimming, baseball, softball, all in the same night, you know, you know, you got to have an understanding wife whenever you do that. (laughs) But, uh, you know, that, uh, of course, now that now they have coordinate, you know they well in Katie anyway they the coordinator can hire people to cover all those games back. But back in the day when I was head coach, Coach Stevens and I, he was the trainer, and if me and him were at the same place at the same time, something wasn't getting covered. So we always had to we I got got my exercise in for sure. Split it up, yeah. That, that's and you know I have a I have two young daughters, and so I you know in the spring. You know, my wife and I have to work out a calendar of, of what you know what I can what I can stay for and what and, and what days of the week I, I I need to just you know say whatever's happening you know somebody else can take it I got to come home because because it does it, it does get to be a lot you know you get you know, when you know yeah especially like the month of February where you have you know track and, and soccer and basketball still finishing up and all all I mean, at the same time yeah every every day of the week there's something happening. Uh, I was pretty lucky because uh, my my kids went to May Creek Elementary, May Creek Junior High, and May Creek High School, which is all on the same campus. So I would take them to school, and then they would come over afterwards until until she could come and get them and stuff. Because you end up spending more time with somebody else's kids than you do your own. But you know your own are are just important or more important. Well, they should be more important to you. But I mean, uh, you know, just spending that quality time. Yeah, there's no substitute for that. Uh, so now, what about uh, you know? I, you you mentioned you know having loyal coaches and then you know be, having the you know the continuity of of the same person you know working with you year in year out. Uh, but you know now you know as we mentioned before, there, there's a lot lot more schools, a lot more high schools, a lot more that means a lot more jobs, more opportunities. So there's it seems like every year that there's uh, I feel like there, there's there's less staffs that can stay the same from year in year out because something's going to open up, you know, close to home or you know, a coordinator opportunity or, or kid coaching opportunity. So when you know when it comes to transitioning from from one role to the next, you know, what's what's some valuable advice you can give a coach that's that's going into a new year with with a, a job that has higher expectations and and uh, just some different responsibilities. Well, the thing you do is make sure that you work for some good guys, okay? Make for sure that you learn how to be a coach and and learn how to, you know, you need, you know, learn the ins and outs of the game that you that you're coaching. And uh you know, and you know, be flexible enough because just cuz it says this this is the way you do it doesn't necessarily mean that it always happens that way. And the, and the thing about it is, you know, everybody's situation's different, but, uh, you need, you know, the, my whole deal is that you learn the right way to do it from, from really good guys. I was very lucky to have good guys to work for and learn from. And then the great thing about coaching is you're trying to whip somebody's butt on Friday night, but you, you don't have to worry about calling them up on the next day and, and talking to them about, well, what did you do? You know, or how did you do it? Because, you know, our profession uh, is kind of a family deal. And here in Houston, it's very special because as big as we've gotten, we still do things together, which other commu- other 
like the Metroplex and other people have tried to, to make, you know, the great, like our greater Houston area coaches and stuff like that. And it's not what you know, it's who you know anyway in order to get those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, it's, it's very special, uh, you know, definitely what, what we do and, and, and the way in which we do it here. Uh, now, also, you, you mentioned, you know, the Bayou Bowl that, that, you know, just concluded on Saturday. It was a, you know, great experience. Uh, you know, the, you know, Barbers Hill is, is a, obviously a phenomenal venue to have that, that all-star game. Uh, tell us just, uh, you know, from your experience, you know, why, why, why is the game so important to the communities around Houston? Well, again, uh, just it brings coaches together, you know, and every year, uh, what we've tried to do, we used to play Louisiana, and when we played Louisiana, we stayed in Baytown because it, that was the closest big venue, you know, so Louisiana could come over. But ever since, uh, well, whenever they quit taking, whenever the colleges didn't let the, the, the D1 kids play, then we, and plus for different reasons, we quit wanting to play Louisiana, so we went to East-West. And we've given a bunch of staffs opportunities to do things because we try to keep the uh, game like a college bowl game and the experience that they get to do that. And, um, you know, and we've made it to where uh, the coaches, they can just come and coach. Because when we first started it, we were all head coaches and we were doing it with help from, from the city but we were doing it as head coaches and still doing it. And now like coach Olin, coach Creech, myself and Chris Massey, if, if we, we try to do all the, the grunt work where they don't have to, and they can enjoy it. And mm-hmm. we try to spread it around to different districts and different coaching staffs. And then plus what I like is that way I get to meet people. Like I didn't know any of the guys from Glena park and I got to, you know, know them, you know, this, this last week. And, and, uh, and and it's all about relationships anyway, and that keeps and it gives the community one more time to yell for your kid, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw I saw a bunch of you know families, you know, made T-shirts, and you know there there's a lot of there's a really good crowd on Saturday uh, for the game, but but you could see that there was you know there's a lot of pride in, in in representing your school one last time and. You know the, the all-star game uh, feel of it. You know definitely adds to the uh, to the excitement and, uh, and 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 you can definitely see that you know the some of the you know just like you see it in a, in an all-star game normally in, in, at any level uh, you know that you you could probably use a little bit you know more practice time a little more meeting time with with the kids you know there's some things that that you know as a coach you look at it and you're like oh man you know th- this this could have been done differently or, you know, as far as on the field stuff, but you know, you only have a couple of days to, to get to introduce your schemes and to get your players to learn the terminology. And so, so you expect some of that, but just as far as the, you know, the competitiveness and then the kids going out there, you know, for a lot of them, that's the last time they get to put on a helmet uh, in, in their life. And so uh, it, it's, it's, it's really, it, for me, you know, as, as just a spectator this year, it was really, really fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, we need young guys like you to get involved because us old guys aren't going to be around forever. We got to have to turn it over to somebody. If that's a hint to anybody that would like to, you know, hang out with us old guys. Yeah, start 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 passing the torch. Yeah, plus plus we make anywhere from twenty five to thirty to forty thousand dollars that we give to the Greater Houston Area Coaches, and in return we like last year we gave out 
$4,200 worth of scholarships. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, it, it, it's giving back to the community and, and, uh, and uh, it's pretty neat to see some of those kids that wouldn't have had a chance to get money, get some. And of course, it's not enough money, but it's better than not getting any from, from anybody because both of my kids got, got some money from it and, and it helps out. Every little bit helps. Oh, for sure. Yeah. When, once you send, tend to get to college, you know, there's no such thing as, as a small scholarship. <laughs> That's Every right. bit is appreciated. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, well, good. Now, and, and you kind of touched on this. This is my last question, but you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Uh, but just t tell us, you know, just in your opinion, why Houston area football is so special and, and what the legacy is of, of high school football here. Uh, if, if you're explaining it to somebody that, that had never been around it. Okay. Well, it's important in Houston. Uh, the school, you know, Houston is different than Dallas and, and some others because we're multi-school districts. You know, like Katie's got nine, Spring Branch has four, uh, Sci Fair's got 12, and, you know, that just go around the city like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's just important because, you know, the facilities that they use and that type of thing. And, uh, you know, and plus Houston has lots of, lots of great athletes. Like take, for example, not this year, but last year, uh, 12 Houston area athlete, football players were drafted in the NFL draft. You know, most states, most states don't get that, but we got it in the city of Houston. Plus we're part of Texas and, and football has always been very important. Our athletics in general has always been very important. And because you can tell by the uh, stadiums, you know, like, you know, totally holds 17 legacy holds 14,000, you know, and a lot of times there's lots of people there because they're all interested in it. And, uh, you know, it, it helps, as we all know, it helps build, it builds character and it teaches kids how to work hard and, and gives them a, a sense of family, which they might not get anywhere else. But uh, Houston's really good on that. And, and there's lots of good coaches here. And, uh, but mainly there's lots of good people that, that want the, want the same thing. And that's for the best thing, best thing for their kids. Yeah, that's right. And and that's why, you know, it goes back full circle. You, you mentioned earlier about, you know, sometimes you sacrifice time with your own family to make sure that, that the kids that you're coaching have a good experience and, and have, you know, some, something positive in their life. And, and that's, you know, that's what it's all about. So there are sometimes some sacrifices you have to make, uh, but ultimately, you know, the, the goal is to to just provide the best, you know, possible experience to to those students that are that you're in charge of, and uh, you know, and and there's a lot of us that that'll just you know we'll do whatever it takes to make sure that that, that we can get as close to that as possible. But uh, you know, the, the the city of Houston definitely has a, a large concentrated area of of schools and coaches that that are they're all kind of of that same mindset, and and you can you can tell just from from the interactions of everybody. Yeah, and us old guys are glad there's guys young, young like you that are that have uh, figured it out and are doing it too. So, you know, you're doing a great job as well as many of the other coaches. And uh, like I said, coaches being a coach is a is a great profession. You don't have to you don't have to learn anybody's name because you can call them all coach. <laughs> yeah, the the old coaching school trick of you know <laughs> getting in a crowded room and yelling coach and seeing how yeah, many heads look. That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's also a deal that if you ever broke down in, in a small town and you didn't know anybody, you could find out who the head football coach was, and I guarantee he'd come and help you. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Very, very true. I I, I certainly would. You know, I saw somebody straight on the side of the road and, and, and saw they were a coach, you know, saw the whistle around their neck and, you know, saw the, those those telltale signs, you know, the visor. I'd, I'd definitely stop and help. That's right. <laughs> so, well, good. Well, Coach, uh, you know, I want to thank you very much for joining us today and, and sharing your thoughts with our audience. You know, as, as always, uh, we appreciate the insight you provide and, and the vantage point of, you know, having been through these situations and, and I know that we're all better by learning from from you and, and, and all those who paved the way for us for this generation. And and that allows us to continue to lead young men and women through the power of positive coaching. Uh, so, you know, if any of our listeners have a recommendation for a guest to have on the podcast in the future, please email your suggestions to HoustonCoachesPod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at CoachesHouston and send us your suggestions there. Uh, Coach Sheffy, it's been a, been a pleasure. Uh, I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Okay, the pleasure's all mine. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Coach. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Houston Coaches Podcast, presented by the Greater Houston Football Coaches Association. Our theme song is In the Battle of Good and Evil by Ryan Davis, a former high school football coach. Please subscribe to our show and leave us a review so we can continue to spread our message to a larger audience. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation about Houston area football and its impact on all those privileged to be a part of it.